um, what what our world has been through uh, and and how people are thinking, how people are feeling on a day to day basis. You know, the the thing that people searched most was how to uh, how to do this, how to do that, how to do this, how to do that. People are looking for answers to their questions. You know, we live in a little bit of a different age than, you know, 1960 or 1950 in the, in the sense of technology, but we don't really live differently in the sense of what we want in our hearts. You know what I mean? Um, we're, we're asking the same questions, but because of Google, we're able to click a button and see what everybody asked, you know, instead of having to go out and take paper polls and all this stuff, you know. Um, but, but to see, you know, that, that people are hurting today just as much as they were hurting you know, all throughout the course of time, you know, yeah. uh, it's, it's incredible. And, you know, and that's, that's one reason that uh, I love the Bible, the, the scriptures, is because it's a book that spans thousands of years, but it's still relevant today. It still applies. We all know the passage in Hebrews 4.12 where it says the word of God is alive and active, right? It's sharper than a two-edged sword. Uh, you know, and it, it does all these things, but you know, this is this is the power that we can hold in our hands at any moment. Um, and so, I want to just, as we ring in this new year, as we focus on big dreams, as we focus on, you know, just kind of uh, reaching for the stars, setting our definite plan and purpose this year. Um, you know, I, I want us to to remind us not to forget God's word in that process. You know, uh, not to think that this is something we have to do on our own. But it's something that we get to do because of the strength and power that God gives us through his word. Amen. Amen. So let's just say a quick prayer and then we'll jump into the the sermon. Dear Lord God, we uh, come before you and pray. We ask that you uh, just really be with our our hearts and our minds. And God, I know um, we're all coming from so much of a different place. And we all have experienced so many different things, Lord. And I just ask that... um, you can uh, just let your word speak today, God. Uh, let your Holy Spirit just convict our hearts of sin, righteousness, and judgment, Lord, and allow it to do what, it, what he does best, God. I, I pray for um, our time today that we can just uh, leave, Lord, just uh, convicted by your word, Lord, inspired by your word, Lord, just uh, leave different than we walked in here, God. We know you've put uh, huge dreams and visions on our hearts and minds, Lord, and uh, in the state of Maine, God, uh, <laughs> it I really feel like you've appointed every one of us in this room to give hope to somebody else, uh, not only in the state of Maine, but, God, all throughout the world uh, for the rest of our lives, God. And I just pray that um, today during this sermon, uh, you can just really speak to us personally. We love you. In your son's name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, uh, as we transition, um, turn your Bibles to uh, the book of Nehemiah. The title of my sermon is Dream, Do, and God Will Come Through. Uh, and so the book of Nehemiah, we'll start there. You know, I love Glenn's lesson from last week. If you guys didn't get a chance to listen to it, it's on the, the church page. And um, with the help of a few brothers, we got a podcast series going now uh, for our church in case you have an iPhone and you want to listen to podcasts while you shovel snow, while you drive. It's very convenient. Uh, there's plenty of time to do that uh, up here in, in the great state of Maine. Um, uh, so... We got that rolling, which is going to be awesome. But uh, the book of Nehemiah, Nehemiah chapter 1, we'll start there. Um, and as we think about dreaming, we, d- we don't want to forget about doing. So in Nehemiah chapter 1, we'll start out in verse 1. And 
It's all the way in the Old Testament, uh, after second, right after Second Chronicles, right before Ezra and um, I'm sorry, uh, Esther. Sorry, yep, Esther. So Nehemiah chapter one it says, "The words of Nehemiah, son of Hakaliah, in the month of Kislev, in the twentieth year, while I was in the citadel of Susa, Hananiah, one of my brothers, came from Judah." with some other men, and I questioned them about the Jewish remnant that survived the exile, and also about Jerusalem. A little context. Thank you. Then they said, they said to me, those who survived exile are back in the province. They are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down, and its gates have been burned with fire. When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. And for some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the Lord, before the God of heaven. And then I said, and we'll stop there, but Nehemiah's prayer continues. But I just want to focus here on on verse 4. You know, Nehemiah says, when I heard these things, I sat down and wept. You know, that's the first thing that we see here, how Nehemiah responded. Uh, These things were not encouraging things. These things were real things. These things were uh, the, the state of the people of God at the time was, it, was in destruction. You know, they just coming out of exile and they come back to ruined walls. You know, I don't know how you guys would feel if you came back to your house from the grocery store and you saw it being lit on fire. Imagine that feeling. I don't know what you would do. I don't know what I would do. But it probably wouldn't be a pretty picture, you know. And, and when, when Nehemiah heard the state, he wept. The, the state of, of his people, he wept. And why, why did he weep? Well, I believe it's because <clears throat> he, he loved God and he loved his, God's people. You know, if, if he didn't love God's people, it wouldn't have affected him. You know, if he didn't want to change the world and want to restore Israel, he probably could have easily hardened his heart. He probably could have easily just turned turned away to their not only physical need, but their really spiritual need at the time. You know, and I look at this and man, I'm 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 convicted uh <laughs> by the the condition of our world today. It's it's in a spiritual torment. <laughs> There's so many physical needs, yes, but spiritually, spiritual needs, we don't even always see those. Imagine how deeper the root is of people's lives than just the outward appearance. You know, and as I look at Nehemiah's heart, it wasn't just a, 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 God, a, a worldly type sorrow that he was weeping. It was, it led him to action, right? For some days after he heard this, he mourned, fasted, and prayed before the Lord God of heaven. So he was intentionally putting his emotions into action. He was putting them into God, you know. Um, it's funny how we can all choose where, what we do with our emotions. You know, we can, uh, we can let our emotions lead us to do things that, that you know, we may regret later, you know. Um, or we can use our emotions to draw near to God, you know. And, and we all feel them. We all have them because God has them. And we're made in his image. Uh, no matter if you wear them on your sleeve or if you keep them tucked away in your heart, they're there. Yeah. You know, and so I want to encourage you guys to look at Nehemiah's heart and 
and really kind of slow down a little bit. Um, slow down before you before you hit the gas pedal uh, with this new year. To to think about, man, how how can I sustain myself this year? How how can I be what God wants me to be to every person in my life this year? It's got to be that I'm I'm broken first. You know, um, the, my first point is be broken and internalize the dream. You know, Nehemiah was broken over the state of his people. And, and I think oftentimes it's so easy for us not to be broken uh, over, over the sin in our life. It's so easy for us to, to just kind of push it away. You know, it's so easy for us to kind of explain it away or so easy for us to be like, yeah, I messed up. I'm, what do I do now? Okay, sorry. And keep it moving. But a, bro- a state of brokenness is something that really only you and God can experience. Um, we can talk to each other, but really God knows if our heart is broken or not. You know, we, I wish I could see hearts like God and Jesus could. <laughs> but but, but we, we can have a broken and contrite heart if we really take things to God and we really go after him, especially when it comes to conquering our character overcoming sin, going, going after uh, things that are going to scare us, or, or, or even loving people that are tough to love, being there for a family member the way Jesus would be. Like, that, that comes from an internal empathy, an internal understanding of, wow, like, it's so sad to see where I'm at because of my sin. It's so sad to see where they're at because of their sin. Let me go love them. You know, let me go be like Jesus. And, and so I want to encourage you guys today to, to think, um, to be broken. You know, so there's so many new diets going on right now. Uh, the gyms are packed. Uh, there's a lot of, of, of momentum happening right now. And there's a lot of buzz going on. But if, if people don't, you know, if we, if me, if everybody doesn't really come to grips with who they are without God, who they are without all these material things, who they are without these relationships, then, you know, they're just going to be trying to fulfill a desire, fulfill a hole that can never really fulfill them, you know. And um, I just wanted to uh, really bring up this point of brokenness um, because even as we dream big dreams, we really got to make sure that these are dreams that that God puts on our heart, you know. And and if you scroll over to chapter 2, it's just the next chapter over in verse 11, uh, Nehemiah says, chapter 2, verse 11, I went to Jerusalem, and after staying there for three days, I set out during the night with a few men. I had not told anyone what my God had put in my heart to do for Jerusalem. You know, and I think it's interesting how we see here, Nehemiah wasn't boasting in his, his vision. He wasn't boasting in his great dream of restoring the wall, of, of rebuilding his people but it was in his heart, and God put it there, and he knew that, you know, uh, and I think a lot of times, you know, whatever, whatever comes our way, I think it's easy to, to, to talk a lot about our dreams, but is it really easy to, to be quiet about our dreams, too, and let them still burn inside our heart? I think that's something that I want to encourage you guys to capture, capture that flame, you know, capture that dream, and really pray about it, meditate on it, like even what Jeremy was talking about. 
like how on Wednesday he was inspired by Glenn and just this idea of, wow, it's more than just talk. It's, it's something that comes from within. And I want to just, uh, just kind of remind you guys that um, it's so easy just to go week to week to week in the year. And already a week went by, 51 more weeks to go. Well, what have we done so far? You know, I want us to really take time to meditate. I mean, we don't have to go on a frozen lake like this guy. <laughs> if, if you like to, by all means, we got plenty of them. Uh, take your pick, right? Um, maybe if you had a little shack, you know, with a fishing pole or something like that, it might, might be a little more of a fun time. But, but go and, and just meditate, you know, and just think about what is your heart desire? What, what is God putting on your heart to do? Maybe it's for other people. Maybe it's for your own personal life. But what it, what's there? Because if nothing is there, no change will occur. If God doesn't put a dream on your heart, you're going to be the same today. Um, you're going to be the same in a year, five years, ten years as we are today. And I don't know about you guys, but I think everybody wants to have an impact on this world. Yeah. I don't think anybody wants to live knowing that they lived for nothing. I, I don't think that's part of our nature, you know. So let's, let's internalize these dreams that God's giving us. You know, I'm, I'm so encouraged by every one of you guys just to see your face and to be here because I know how much you've helped me and how I know how much God has been able to use me to help you at other times too. And I think um, as much as we need each other, we really need to take the time as well to, to get along with God and really capture our dreams. You know, uh, it's, 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 uh, it's a, cool, a cool relationship we have with one another and with God in just how one of us is an eye, one of us is an ear or a leg or, you know, I don't know, a, a tendon or a, or a muscle or a blood vein or whatever it is. We're all different, um, you know, but, but we're all so important in God's eyes, you know. Um, and so as we, uh, as we continue, um, you know, let us, let us be broken. And um, point two, we're going to talk a little bit here about hard work. And don't lose focus when opposition comes, you know. Um, Work hard and don't lose focus. Because even for Nehemiah, this incredible dream that God put in his heart, it it didn't just come to fruition without hard work. And it didn't just come to fruition without him facing opposition. I mean, gosh, I don't know if doing anything hard is, it comes without without opposition. I think that's why it's hard, you know what I mean? Um, winning the Super Bowl is a hard endeavor. Um, you know, have, having a, a child, bringing a child into this world, it's a hard endeavor because something incredible is happening. You know, anything worth value is going to be hard. Um, chess is sometimes hard, but not for Ezra because he's, he's a master at chess. Um, but we actually stalemated, so I feel kind of good about myself. I'm, I'm almost on his level, so we'll see. Um, but, but turn over to two, two more chapters in chapter 4, and we're going to read uh, kind of a good portion here, because I want you guys to see what Nehemiah went through after God put this dream on his heart. I want you guys to, to be able to just kind of take a little, um, a little bit from this and then go back on your own time and your own quiet times and really study it out more. I just want to kind of give you guys a quick 23-verse uh, uh, picture into what was going on. And Nehemiah 4, he says, verse 1, When Sambalat heard that we were re- rebuilding the wall, he became angry. 
and greatly incensed. He ridiculed the Jews, and in the presence of his associates, the army of Samaria, he said, What are those feeble Jews doing? Will they restore their wall? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they finish in a day? Can they bring the stones back to life from those heaps of rubble, burned as they are? Tobiah the Ammonite, who was at his side, said, What they are are building, if even a fox climbed up on it, he would break down their wall of stones. Talk about some harsh ridicule. (laughs) Verse 4, Hear us, O our God, for we are despised. Turn their insults back on their own heads. Give them over as plunder in a land of captivity. Do not cover up their guilt or blot out their sins from your sight, for they have thrown insults in the face of the builders. So we rebuilt the wall till all of it reached half its height. For the people worked with all their heart. When Sambalat, Tobiah, the Arabs, the Ammonites, and the men of Ashdod heard that the repairs to Jerusalem's walls had gone ahead and that the gaps were being closed, they were very angry. They all plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and stir up trouble against it. But we prayed to our God and posted a guard day and night to meet this threat. Meanwhile, the people in Judah said, the strength of the laborers is giving out and there is so much rubble we cannot rebuild the wall. Also, our enemies said, before they know it or see us, we will be right there among them and will kill them and put an end to their work. Gosh, the Jews who live near them came and told us ten times over, wherever you turn, they will attack us. Therefore, I stationed some of the people behind the lowest points of the wall at the exposed places, posting them by families with their swords, spears and bows. After I looked over, I stood up and said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, who is great and awesome, and fight for your brothers, your sisters, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. When our enemies heard that we were aware of their plot and that God had frustrated it, we all returned to the wall, each to his own work. From that day on, half of my men did the work, while the other half were equipped with spears, shields, bows, and armor. The officers posted themselves behind all the people of Judah who were building the wall. Those who carried materials did their work with one hand and held a weapon in the other. And each of the builders wore his sword at his side as he worked. But the man who sounded the trumpet stayed with me. Then I said to the nobles, officials, and the rest of the people, the work is extensive and spread out, And we are widely separated from each other along the wall. Wherever you hear the sound of the trumpet, join us there. For our God will fight for us. So we continued the work with half the men holding the spears. From the first light of dawn to the stars came out. At that time I also said to the people, Have every man and his helper stay inside Jerusalem at night. So they can serve as guards by night and workmen by day. Neither I nor my brothers nor my men nor the guards with me took off our clothes because each had his weapon even when he went for water. Now I just want to stop there. But imagine putting yourself in this situation. Imagine being a part of building a huge wall to restore God's honor. And we were spread out. You know, 
the nearest person, I had to yell all the way across the way. To, I had to yell, I said, Liam, what's up, man? You know, I had to yell over there and I had to yell over this side and say, what's up, what's up, Brett? I see you, I see you. You know, and can you hear me? Yeah. You know, like being so spread out and being so dirty and not having taken a shower, you know, for days, having work materials in your hands, building, I don't know if it was, I don't build a lot of stuff. Um, I'm not an engineer like Jesse or Sarah, but I, I could imagine my hands being all dirty with mortar or whatever, concrete, or they probably didn't have that back then, but bricks or stones or whatever they used, and, and then having a weapon and just like, man, this is challenging. Like, I can't go home and, and, and be comfortable. You know, like, that wasn't their situation. But they knew what they were doing. You know, they knew that they were focused on completing a task. They're focused on fulfilling a dream that Nehemiah inspired them with. You know, they were they were main focus, and there's so much uh, that that happened. You know, there's so much that occurred in this whole book. Read the book. You know, it's part of the Bible. Go after it, and you'll see more and more what they went through and how they overcame and built the wall in 52 days, as it says in the end of Nehemiah. But I really feel like this is us. <laughs> you know, this is us in a lot of ways. Um, God's put dreams and goals on our heart. When we got out the waters of baptism, we said, I'm going to be a soldier in the Lord's army. I'm not going to live for myself. I'm going to deny myself daily because I get to live forever in eternity. You know, that's, that's, that's where we are today. It's not about me. You know, imagine these workers saying, I just want to chill right now and I'll, I'll go back home and take a nice hot bath and uh, go get some nice food. How will the wall ever get completed? You know, it's not about us. It's about what is God doing through us. What are we going to allow God to do through us? Are we going to have the faith uh, and the focus and the determination to let God use our lives to change this, to change our communities, to change the relationships we have, to change those around us? Or are we just going to take the easy way out? You know, I want to encourage you guys not to do that, but to remember the bigger picture. Remember what's going on. Uh, in that video, you know, we saw so much stuff. Uh, we saw different people. We saw parents, children, people in the streets, people doing, you know, crazy things. And there's so many, so much of us that are in so many different situations today. But God wants to use us. So we got to get close to him. You know, we got to come to him as he's always holding his hand out for us. You know, um, and kind of just the illustration a little bit uh, for this for this last point is um, it's 2018 and you know you think that uh, right after the clock strikes midnight uh, you you be you be focused you be ready to go you know uh, you be ready to accomplish the things that you that you wanted to but um, but you know that this week for me was a little different um, I was actually traveling. Um, visiting a couple of uh, a friend I hadn't seen for about 10 years uh, uh, in New York and just spending some time and uh, with them and some other disciples. But I, I got stuck in New York. <laughs> um, the, the big, what's it called? Snow something? Cyclone? Bomb cyclone? Genesis? Something? Yeah. Bomba Genesis? Volt, uh, winter polar vortex? Something like that? Um, it was crazy. It, it was, it was insane. 
Blizzard, Nor'easter. There's so many names. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, I went down there and got stuck in the middle of that. And there was so much going on. And uh, it's crazy. Uh, when you go to a bigger populated area, it just feels a little more busy. And even your thoughts get busy. You know, I don't know if you've ever experienced that. But, you know, and uh, it wasn't according to my plan that I was going to go there. Every day I had in my, the night before I, I set my plan for the next day. I'm like, this is going to be awesome. I'm going to do this, do this, do this, accomplish this. And uh, all that got shaken. All of it got thrown out the way. And, um, you know, I think one or two things happened that I planned, but probably the other 20 things didn't. Uh, but it's all good because God had better plans. You know, he had um, a better vision, you know, and I think when I was tested in, in some of those moments when I was down there because I was like, I don't know how I'm going to catch my bus. They canceled it. Uh, I was looking for an email, and they never sent me an email. And uh, a friend of mine was on Twitter, and he was like, yo, all the buses are canceled. And I was like, well, they didn't send me an email, so how do you – and so then I look, and I'm like, oh, wait, I created an email like five years ago that – was like an extra email to like put spam mail in and that like ended up going to that random email and I didn't know my password and it just you know always one thing after another and it takes you like th- took me like three hours to figure out if I could leave or not and and on top of that I took my car key with me and I left my car in the street and they had a parking ban and so I don't know if you guys have ever experienced that but there's no spare key, so there's no way for it to get moved unless it gets towed. So uh, let's just say my, my dad did a lot of work to help me out. Um, I'll keep it brief. <laughs> uh, but it was just one thing after another. And even if, you know, uh, I wanted to do something, I couldn't do anything. Even if, if it was in my power to fix the situation, I just couldn't, you know. And I think that helped me to really draw near to God. Uh, that really helped me to see, God, what are you trying to teach me in this situation? You know, and um, I, I was I was opposed with thoughts. You know, I was opposed with um, just so many things. Uh, even people in New York, you know, they they opposed me a couple times, which is crazy. I was I try to get some food at this place, and they're like, Oh, sorry, we only take uh, we don't take that certain type of card, you know, or they're like, Only you have to have a minimum of this much, and I'm like, Are you serious? Uh, and so it was just so many things, like even the little things. But that's how the first week of the year went for me. Um, <laughs> and But yet I'm encouraged, yet I'm inspired because I know that uh, that was building my faith. That was building my character. And that was going to help me be who I need to be for the rest of my life as I, as I draw near to God. So, um, you know, I just want to encourage us to remember that just as fired up as we are this year, so is our enemy. You know, so is Satan. You know, I think somebody read a passage about how the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. I think it was Ignatius. And it's so true. But at the same time, let's not forget our enemies out there trying to, trying to get us, trying to even use each other to, you know, to bring us down or use other people. But let's rise above that. You know, let's, let's go um, in faith. You know, let's go um, really setting out those imperfect plans to really put our goals into practice, you know, to, and I encourage you, if you're married, talk about your goals with your spouse, you know, talk about the things that God has put on your heart and hold each other accountable to those. If you're single, you know, talk about those with um, a a trusted spiritual friend that you have, Um, you know, 
hold each other accountable, you know, and, and we do it out of love because because you love them. You want to see them reach their goals. And when they get discouraged, encourage them, you know, lift them up. Talk about how Satan's been trying to discourage you and pray with them and read the word and, and, and get re-inspired because that's that's the cycle. It's like we get fired up and then Satan throws a hundred things at us and then we're like, wait, where am I again? Oh man, okay, I'm in school. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Um, let me let me get on that. Or I, I forgot. I, I got to be at work. Oh man, uh, you know. And I just want to encourage us to keep our head uh, this year. You know, to we're gonna. I'm so excited to, to talk about joy in the coming weeks to really get deeper into joy and that fruit of the spirit because I really think joy is gonna be something that can change all of our lives. Um, because when if you remain joyful, no matter what happens, you're good. You know, like you and God are are are, are close, and nothing can no winter storm or no crazy situation in your life can can rob you of that if you're Amen. solid. You know, and so I'm excited to talk more about that. Uh, but as we as we close, turn to Matthew chapter seven. Um, we'll close out with this one past scripture, and uh, Matthew seven. You guys with me? Amen. Amen. I know it's uh, so good to see new faces, people that are back in town uh, who are traveling, and it's just so good that so good to to be able to get into the Word together with you guys. But Matthew chapter seven, we'll start out in verse twenty-four. Matthew seven twenty-four. The scriptures read. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall, but it had its foundation on the rock. Matthew 7, 24, 25, 26. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. You know, uh, let's, let's remember to build our lives on Jesus, you know, to build our lives on the words of, of his. Uh, build our dreams, build our goals, build our relationships on God's word. If we can do that, we can accomplish any goal, any dream. Any plan we set in motion, it will happen, you know, if, if it's based on God and his words. And, you know, uh, I wrote this quick little blurb here. Let's remember that Jesus is over every part of our lives. I think I have a tendency to compartmentalize Jesus and say, oh, he's over me in this area and this area. But this is my area to chill. You know, this is my area where I can get some me time. Or this is my area where I don't necessarily have to be super spiritual here because I'm at home or because I'm out and about. Or, but I want to encourage you guys to let him be Lord over every part, even the parts that are scary to let him be Lord over. Amen. You know, Amen. the word has to be our standard. It has to be what we hold to, not our opinions, not our personal beliefs, not our agendas, but the word of God. And if the word of God is our standard, we can build a wall in 52 days. Easy. If the word of God is our standard, we can crush our dreams and our goals this year in a positive way and, and, and dream even bigger. But if the word of God isn't what we go back to when the storms come, if it's not what we go back to when, uh, when things get challenging, 
you know, we'll be like the people that built their house on sand. We're just going to crumble. And, and, and I want to encourage you guys to, to remember to be broken over your sin, to be broken over uh, just the state of, of, of the world and internalize that. Bring that to God and go do something about it to go, and go do something for God's glory, Amen. not for our own. But let's go to God in prayer uh, as we remember to dream, do, and God will come through. Amen. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we... Uh,